This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wiccan Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper, Dan Clark, and Damien Farrar Hockley. On this week's episode, we look back at another wildly mixed week for the Blues, from second half disappointment at Lincoln to a much needed morale booster against Leighton Orient. We'll discuss both the good and bad from both games before previewing this week's Adams Park return against Burton Albion. We kick off with another double header, two games that delivered the agony and ecstasy that longtime Wickham fans know all too well. Our trip to Lincolnshire this past weekend was going pretty well. That was until around the hour mark when the home side began tearing us to pieces, a late flurry of goals condemning the Blues to a miserable 3-0 defeat. It was a case of deja vu then as we headed into our midweek game, needing a big performance to kickstart our season and, let's face it, save us from a really miserable podcast. Thankfully, Blooms and the boys delivered. It wasn't perfect, but a double from Joe Lowe making his first start for the club and Dale Taylor were more than enough to secure a vital first win of the campaign against a spirited Leighton Orient. Well, where do we start? Uh, I guess it We're going to be all over the place because we'll probably naturally want to talk about the good stuff. Let's first touch upon the trip to Lincoln. I don't know about you guys, but I think for the first 60 minutes, I was encouraged by what I saw. But I guess the question that I really want to put to you, I saw the phrase constantly thrown around Twitter, fine margins, fine margins. We had opportunities. I feel that we can, you know, on on another day, it could have been a very different scoreline. What did you take from the weekend's action? Yeah, I think I was one of the ones using the words fine margins quite a lot. So I apologise for uh, filling your timeline with that, Michael. <laughs> uh, but it couldn't be uh, it couldn't be more true. You know, at the beginning of the game, that grimmer chance goes in, disallowed goal doesn't get disallowed. You two nil up and cruising. You know, even in the second half, Vokes had a couple of efforts. One from range with keeper made a really good save. And in some ways, that first sixty minutes was probably better than we performed yesterday i think the substitutions i don't know why just completely threw us Potts and taylor went off and it just seemed to go downhill from there we lost our shape really quickly and that first goal went in and all of a sudden it was heads dropped second goal went in the second one was unbelievably sloppy and then the third and that killed the game off i think you have to be quite quite sensible at the beginning of the season i walked out of the ground thinking do you know what? Actually, for two thirds of that game, we've been the better side. We've played well and we could have won it. The defending and the performance in the last third was completely unacceptable and there's no hiding that. And I know that Blooms uh, gave the players the rocket that that perhaps they deserved off the back of that. But um, but the performance perhaps wasn't as bad as the, uh, the scoreline suggested. I got the impression from Phil Catchpole that we were the better side. You know, he was he was saying for that for that length of time. And then it all just went to pot, and I don't really know. He was trying to put the, a positive spin on things, and it was very difficult to do that, uh, just on the defending mainly. Um, but I thought what was refreshing was we didn't get a wishy-washy response from Blooms after the game. He laid in and said that wasn't good enough, and that's something that we've uh, lacked from our managers recently. 
we really need to remember to gather a bit of perspective. I mean, after Lincoln, I think, I, I don't know about the rest of the fan base because social media is a small proportion of our fan base. But, you know, social media went into absolute meltdown to see pictures of Nathan Jones and Danny Cowley filling our social media fields as of uh, feeds as potential replacements two games into a season is frankly ridiculous we are currently parts you know at the start at the complete start of a regime that has changed after 10 years of the previous regime you know changing an ideology doesn't change overnight and blooms has to have the time to be able to do that he's got 10 new signs that have come in and a core of players that have been part of a regime that has been part has been there for 10 years you know we're not going to start have the perfect start if you do great you know if you if you win a couple of games that's fantastic there were glimpses of exactly what he was trying to do you know what he exactly wants to do in those first 60 minutes i think what let us down on saturday was the defending if you look at the third goal when danny mandrew came through he had all the time in the world We've got three at the back, you know, there's, there didn't seem to be any organisation between the three at the back about who was picking him up. And he just went right through the middle, two of them, and just planted the ball where he wanted. And that was the problem. You know, it was sloppy defending the second. We just held off too much. We held off too much. I think part of the problem was was weren't exactly clinical in front of goal either. I think you know Vokes needs a goal for a bit of you know for a bit of confidence. I think that's that's really important, but. Again, you know, Vokes has been used to being up up front on his own. He's now got Dale Taylor for support. They they're starting to mix, and obviously, you know, Adam and I saw each other at halftime, and we're like, "Well, this is better than last week. Is surely surely we can grow from this?" And obviously, we didn't. But again, it's a completely different ideology. We need need to give it time. Did I come away from the game pissed off? Absolutely, yeah. I was fuming. I've gone to two games at the start of the season where we've both lost three 0 and been absolutely capitulated when when we've lost, you know, when we've conceded those goals. You know, people have got rights to be pissed off, but to call the manager to go and it's so and so is not good enough, and these players need to leave. Just shut up. Like, give the players time. I have never been so embarrassed to be a Wickham Wanderers fan. Some of the the personal abuse towards Bloomfield and some of the players was, to be honest with you, utterly abhorrent. Seeing pictures, I mean, I don't want to see Nathan Jones's mug on the on a good day filling up my Twitter timeline. But when you've just been dick three 0 and you've got a three hour journey home, it's even more annoying. Some of the things that people were saying, these are the same idiots who week in, week out under Ainsworth, where I want to change a style of play. I want to change a style of play. I don't like watching hoofball. Blooms comes in. I think I'm right in saying he's not even had 20 games yet. It might be, might be just over 20, but we're around 20 games. He's completely changed the philosophy, the way we're playing. He's brought in a lot younger players. He's done everything that all of those morons wanted us to do. And after two games of the season, people are ranting that we've lost. We have outplayed Lincoln in their own stadium, which we haven't done for a long, long time, for 60 minutes. Yes, that last 30 minutes wasn't good enough and everybody is entitled to their opinion. But when your opinion turns into abuse or it turns into something more personal, you really need to take a look in the mirror and get a life. Matt Bloomfield has given more than 18 years of his life to this football club. He took pay cuts. He played through injuries. He put his health on the line and eventually ended up losing his career because he played in a nothing cut match where he got hit on the back of the head. I am absolutely disgusted with any moron who wants to go on to on Twitter and abuse him. Having a balanced view is fine, and going on and saying that wasn't good enough is absolutely fine. If you want to throw personal abuse around about any of those players or about the manager, go and support me on Kingston's. These people clearly don't understand football. They clearly don't understand our football club and the way that it's run. I mean, booing. You know, Dan would have heard it at Lincoln. Why, why boo? The players know that that's not acceptable. They're professionals. They know that the way they've performed is not professional. You don't go to the cinema and boo if a film's rubbish. You don't go to a restaurant and if the food's bad, sit there making a stupid noise like a three-year-old. You quietly air your opinions in a manner that is appropriate. Why do we think it is acceptable to abuse these young men when they are doing their jobs? 
it is utterly abhorrent and I actually call on the club to be to be stronger and to be harsher on this. I think if somebody is prepared to go on Twitter and hide behind a keyboard and post some of the personal abuse that I saw towards managers and players, they should be given a lifetime ban from Adams Park because they are not welcome at our football club. My message to them is clear off down the road and watch MK Dons or get back in your bedroom and watch Babe Station because I am utterly disgusted with some of the crap that I've seen over the last few days. Actually, I'm more disgusted with that than what I am about our defending. These guys are human beings doing their best to earn a living for their families. There is absolutely no reason to be abusing any of them. The one thing that I would say to anybody who has a very strong opinion, and we all have strong opinions, uh, we're not sitting around here after, you know, getting spanked 3 0 by Lincoln, you know, going, oh, that's, you know, who cares? We all care. We all, you know, react in our own way. Uh, the way I get around it is is we lose bad. I just go and walk my dog. I'll walk my dog if we win anyway, to be fair. Um, but I do think that what we. Uh, as 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 fans should try and do, and I'm not telling you how to be a fan. I'm just how I personally do it. Is if it's really disappointing and I've got really strong opinions, I just take five minutes. I take ten minutes. I don't tweet anything. I'm gonna, you know, internalize my thoughts. I'm gonna really kind of sit there and I'm gonna think about it. And you know, if I still feel the same way five ten minutes later, and I want to say something, and I, if I can make it constructive, then. Then yes, I mean all fans are completely entitled to their opinion. I think it's what fine I would, to be pissed off. It's fine. Yeah, to be pissed it, it off. is. What I what I would encourage people to do is, you know, be passionate for sure. Be passionate, but try and think about the realities of the situation. Twenty games, not even twenty games in, completely turn around the philosophy. The one thing that I was going to say, and and I know it's a, a terrible example to make because it's not even really the same sport, but let's look at Chelsea, okay? Who new owners? brought in managers, tried to change the philosophy. They're essentially a completely different football club to where they were just a year ago, right? They've spent over £800 million trying to redesign that club. We're trying to do the same with no money. You know, it's a reinvention, isn't it? A reinvention of Wickham Wanderers Football Club. This is going to take time. If it's taking Chelsea a year and 800 million to do, it's going to take us <laughs> a little bit, you know, a little bit longer. So I, we need to be realistic. This reaction to, well, the first couple of defeats at least, uh, just tells me that we've got some of the most delusional entitled fans. And unfortunately, most of them start, have started supporting us in the last five or six years. Uh, they only know up until the end of last season, and up until that point, um, it's been sort of rosy and bright. We've had a couple of Wembley trips, and we've been promoted to the championship. Uh, but they have no ability to tolerate a transitional period. Most of the more seasoned fans, uh, we've all been through a few of them, so we know what's going on. We know it will come out of it the other side and probably be a better side for it. Um, but they don't know it, so they're panicking. I'm not panicking yet. I go back to perspective on this. You, you know. If you have something where you've done exactly the same thing, I'm talking about your job personally. If you go into a job and you've been there for 10 years and then so you get your company gets bought over and they come in and they go, right, rather than you sitting at your desk working at a laptop, I want you standing up for eight hours a day doing it on VR instead. Now, how long do you think is that that type of way of working and it's a completely crude analogy but how long do you think that way of working is going to be before you completely optimize the way that you do it because it takes time we're two games in um well at that point we were two games in you have to let changes happen i mean we talk about bloom saying look he had 20 you know he's not even had 20 games yet but i kind of look at last season as he needed that time to bed in he was the right appointment from a culture perspective because we needed to maintain that culture. We needed to maintain, you know, the, the values and the ideologies, sorry, not the ideologies, the values that Wickham Wanderers has pri uh, prided itself in for the last however many years. The recruitment policy, how we recruit people based on personality, not just on ability, things like that. From that perspective, that's exactly what he's retained. But, you know, he is trying something different. And as much as we potentially might feel three at the back doesn't work at the moment, it's not clicking. But look how many Premier League clubs are trying three at the back and how long that takes for them to get into that. It takes time. They need 
that time to work, I think with the three at the back combination, that's where our defensive mistakes had happened because people that, you know, they're, they're learning. Um, and again, they're young, young people that are learning the trade. We've got to acknowledge that. I think the difference we had with Leighton Orient last night, and obviously we'll go into a bit more with Leighton Orient shortly, but I think the difference we had like with Leighton Orient last night is we had a Joe Lowe in there who brought the midfield in with the defence a bit more, linked it up a bit more. Some of the balls he was playing across, across the pitch were brilliant. And obviously getting into the right spaces, making some runs up just before his first goal for, for the corner, his run through midfield was you know, akin to Alfie Mawson against Luton all those years ago. And that's the kind of determination that we've got. It just tells you we've got the right players. And at the moment, we've got the gear, but we're still developing the idea. So, you know, it's with going back to the social media stuff, because obviously, again, it is a vocal minority. I think the one thing that comes of it is, look, if you're angry, you know, you've obviously got passion. You want to do the club well. Uh, You know, you want the club to do well. We all want the club to do well. It's just about channeling that passion in the right way. Um, and, and obviously, at the end of the day, everyone's human beings. We're all going through different stuff. And, you know, just get behind the lads. That's all it is. We mentioned earlier about the whole fine margins thing. And I do just want to quickly revisit it because, yes, 3-0 on paper makes it look like we were completely, you know, I mean, it's it's the perfect defeat. It's the most punishing loss of 3-0. I, I know you can lose 5-6-7-0 yeah. and stuff like that. And that is a different kind of ballpark. But for me, nothing is a definitive loss on paper like a 3-0. That's, you've been beaten from pillar to post all 90 minutes. Um, but the reality, as we know, is, is very, very different. You know, if Grimmer put away that uh, that early opportunity, that w- the goalkeeper saved with his big toe. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Farino's disallowed goal, you know, going back, looking at the footage... I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I did see Farino. I did see a bit of a shirt pull. They were uh, tickling each at, other, weren't they? They were tickling yeah, each other. Yeah, but looking at the middle. Taff was having I mean, a wrestling think, match on the edge of the box. Yeah, Taffer was, yeah. was getting into a bit of a skirmish. And I think that's what the referee pulled it up for. I personally yeah. think it was quite harsh because um, you're always going to get that jostling um, for, for a set piece. Um, but ultimately, it was disallowed. Now, two, you know, let's say, let's say one of those goes 1-0 you know going into the 60th minute the game is completely different the game is completely different and you know I I think someone mentioned it earlier Um, I think one of our weakness is how we react to uh, a flurry of substitutions that might necessitate a change in our system you know midway or two-thirds through a game now uh, you know one one game that comes to mind last season late last season was was our 3-0 loss against Cheltenham where we'd made uh, a couple of changes around the same time, 65, 70 minutes in, we made a change and Cheltenham scored uh, literally about 30 to 60 seconds after we've made those changes. So I think that we could be quite susceptible when we're making one, multiple substitutions that might be changing, particularly our back line. Um, I'm not sure how they go about correcting that. Um, but that that seems to be a bit of a weakness that if I was a, an opposition, I'd be looking to exploit. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, I think what you have to remember as well is that it all goes down to that playing together thing. Um, you know, they're a lot of that squad are very, very used to having a manager who who only makes changes very, very late in a game. Sometimes not at all. Um, there were a number of games, you know, that Ainsworth would make two or three changes at the beginning of the game or for the starting eleven, and then wouldn't make a sub until the eighty sixth minute or eighty seventh minute. Um, so this is quite a new thing. And I think with the with the additional added time and stuff, you're going to see a lot of teams utilising the five subs more. And I think or the biggest thing about success in the lower leagues is often not who's got the best players, but who can build the best combinations. Um, and when you're making changes to the, the, the spine of the team, um, the centre-backs or the central midfield or your focal point up front, uh, for me, like Taylor just works like a dog. Um, and when he goes off and you lose that kind of t- tenacity, everybody's got to react and everybody's got to kind of get used to it. And it's going to take time for that to happen. And all of these, you know, it's all very well saying, oh, yeah, you know, if Leahy, Scowan and Phillips play in midfield all season, they'll get to know each other, but they're not going to play every single minute of every single game. So all of a sudden you've got to hurt 
you've got to learn to have combinations with two or three other players and it's going to take time. Um, you know, I noticed that the subs were coming on on Saturday. I don't know if you noticed, Dan, but they were coming on with notes that they were passing yeah. to each other, um, which isn't something that Bloom's was doing last season, but obviously they don't know each other. They don't know each other's games. Um, and it it's easy for like Elihi, who's a natural leader and will just get on with it. But when you've got really young players, you kill him, uh, Killian Phillips, you know, you're, um, Kim or Kim Brecken wasn't playing, but use him for an example, Harry boys. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult. And I think it's going to take 10 to 15 games before these combinations start forming. Um, I think we've just got to be patient with it. And we're going to, we're going to have to understand that we are going to be susceptible when we're making substitutions. And at the same time, Bloom's is going to have to be a bit sensible with the substitutions that he makes. And, and, um, you know, who's, who's the leader on the pitch? Who's your captain? Who are your generals? And, and they need to do a bit more to make sure that it doesn't keep happening. I think it goes back a little bit to what I said last week about experienced players. They've got to be telling the younger players where to go. Um, if we're not making like the like substitutions, it looks like some of the players don't know quite where they're playing. We've had examples where someone's come on and, I mean, it happened again last night. I saw McCleary come on and he didn't know if he was playing up front or on the, on the wing. Now, he's an experienced player. So if he doesn't know where he's supposed to be playing, how are the young players going to know that as well? Well, let's move on to, uh, to 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 the happiest stuff then. Last night's action where, you know, 3-2 victory, late in Orient. They were no pushovers. Uh, you know, last season's League 2 champions, uh, they came to Adams Park. They're also looking for their first league win. They're also looking for their first goal as well. They obviously got it. We got ours as well. Obviously, we uh, ended up winning the game. Again, similar to the performance on Saturday, the result on Saturday, do you think the the scoreline last night, the 3-2 win, truly reflected the performance that you saw? I think it was tight. I think obviously Orient did look good. Uh, they obviously came in with a similar record to us really and, and had something to prove and I think they saw that as an opportunity against us and they went for it. Um, they had a couple of players that looked really strong um, and you know, fair play to them even though when they were 10 men down they gave it a go um, and and it made it a very tense and very exciting match, a very Wickham match at home, if, if all <laughs> accounts, because we go very much into the lead and then there's always that nervy goal that makes us um, absolutely, uh, uh, you know, bag of nerves for the last however many minutes it is. But I think it demonstrates that they, the players have got that fight in them to, to kind of rectify uh, you know the issues that have been caused from Exeter and from Lincoln. Um, the fact that there were glimpses of passing combinations starting to come in uh, was good. I think the fact that Taylor scored was a massive plus because he needed that goal quite quickly. Um, Joe Lowe again, big difference. You know, I I didn't get you know to see him against uh, MK because obviously there wasn't any coverage of it, but. Um, you know, the fact that he was impressive and, you know, you see the interviews where he's staying on the training pitch longer to learn off Richard Keogh. That's a massive plus. You know, that's the kind of determination you you want in your young players. Uh, Killian Phillips' first touch was just different class. The fact that he's just, his awareness and getting into space. And to be honest with you, I'd actually like to kind of see him up top with Dale Taylor and see if they could create a bit of a partnership because he plays up top, so why not give him a go? I think that could be quite exciting if uh, you've got two pace and he's tall. So you never know, that that that, that might be good. But boys, again, absolutely brilliant. He's He's been solid throughout. Um, and, you know, it's it's positive. It, there, there's positive steps being made. Um, there are obviously still bits to work on. But as we again, as we keep repeating, you've got to give it time. It will come through and keep coming and keep coming. Saturday is a huge opportunity for us to really consolidate what happened on like last night on Tuesday. You know, if we can build on that and get another win on Tuesday, then that's when we can start building and things start coming together a bit more. We're going to make the most of it. I have to say, last night the atmosphere was absolutely banging in there. I thought that last half an hour, the crowd really got behind the boys and you could see Lee, he like waving his arms about and really getting the crowd going. And I thought that that pulled us over the line because that was a typical last, 
a typical Wickham last sort of 25, 30 minutes. Um, as you've said, Dan, uh, positives for me, as you've already said, uh, Harry Boys, uh, mm. the boy is just a different gravy. He is so good. Um, defensively, in transition, he passes between the lines beautifully. Um, he's a very, very, very clever footballer. He's going to play in the Premier League. I've got absolutely no doubt. Um, he is just a different gravy. Joe Lowe, take the goals out of it. He was still the best player on the pitch. Brilliant in the air. Um, we touched on it last week and Dan touched on it earlier, but just that link between defence and midfield. When you're playing free at the back, sometimes you can be too far apart. And like Dan said, he was just striding into midfield. Which When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love a last-minute winner. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. meant that the midfielders can get further forward. Scalm was playing more as an eight yesterday. So yeah, it was nice to see, wasn't it? Yeah. Really yeah, nice so we to were, see that. We're so used to Scowman dropping back and taking the ball off the centre-backs and then turning around and playing a long ball, whereas yesterday it was actually really nice that, that Joe Lowe was doing that work. You know, he was running into midfield. He was looking, he was getting his head up. He was getting the ball into Scowman. Scowman was on the turn and you know feeding some nice balls in and I think that's going to be a really 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 exciting partnership between those in the middle of the park Taylor getting his goal was brilliant hopefully that that's the first of many I'm in love with Luke Leahy um I don't mind saying it publicly I'm with you on that one totally there is absolutely nothing that the boy can't do apart from score from six yards yeah i was gonna i was gonna touch on that i mean other than that than that miss that was the perfect performance last night his passing is immaculate on the rare occasion that he gives the ball away he chases back and he wins it back he doesn't overdo stuff Although he's probably capable of playing 40-yard diagonal passes, he doesn't try to when he doesn't need to. He's a, a, a natural leader. You know, he's not the skipper. He hasn't got the armband, but he's shouting at the at the younger ones. He's encouraging them. He's getting the crowd going. This guy's been here for four games. He is an unbelievable sign-in. If his career develops like at Wickham like the first four games have, I think he'll be up there with the best signings we've ever made. He is an absolutely fantastic footballer. Typical Wickham style, the nicest bloke you could ever wish to meet as well. Outside, you know, chatting away with the kids like he's been there forever. Brilliant. I've got no, absolutely no shame in saying I'm in love with him. Um, Very quickly, negatives. Thought we were getting caught too square again, which happened at Lincoln. But I don't think it was as bad. I think having Harry Boys out on the left, um, made us defensively a little bit stronger. Wasn't sure about Kane Vincent Young going backwards yesterday. Going forwards, very very good. I don't know if the if the future is going to be um, be playing Grimmer out there and then three centre backs and then rotating Boys and Vincent Young. I'm not quite sure, but I think we'll we'll get our heads around that. Fair fair play to Leighton Orient because when they went down to ten men, they're actually better than they were with eleven. Um, they kept the ball really well. They used the ball nicely. They've got a couple of really useful little footballers in there and a really good following from um, from that part of London on a Tuesday night. It's a pig of a place to get to at the best of times, but nearly eight hundred on a Tuesday night, and they were in full voice for the whole of the game. Absolutely brilliant. They contributed to the atmosphere. And fair play to them and their players were whacked at the end of the game I think that was uh, that was exactly what we needed and hopefully like Dan says that just gives us a bit of confidence to to go on and improve last negative before Damo jumps in their second goal was just an embarrassment wasn't it what on earth was going on uh, I don't think you can blame Striet because I think he was he was shocked that the ball even got where it got to but you know when just it gets till there, I, wait till I start yeah. talking 
yeah, we have we have got to do better. And I said to Damo last night, I said actually, Damo played in goal, so he's part of the GKU. Um, but we are so used to seeing an absolutely brilliant Max Striek in goal that when he is slightly less than brilliant, um, it seems to uh, it it seems to send uh, shockwaves through the team. But uh, but yeah, hopefully that despite that though. Despite that, though, the saves that he made in there. Oh, the okay. save that he made uh, just, he made a just at the end and tipped over the bar was absolutely mm-hmm. stunning. Um, it, it wasn't coming for crosses as much as he usually does yesterday. And I don't know whether that's just like that combination thing again, that confidence in your defence, you know, knowing each other's moves. I think he's got to learn, you know, at the, at the end of the day, he's looking up and he's got four, four of the five players in front of him that he doesn't know. So it, it's going to take time, but on the whole, look, this is a results industry, and um, and we got the result last night. And let's uh, let's move on to Saturday, and, and hope that that confidence does us the world of good. So I came away from last night's game, and I was guilty of saying it was a lucky win. Uh, hindsight and a bit of time are a wonderful thing, and I replaced lucky with a dogged win. We dug in, and we actually did things we hadn't been doing. Um, but I, I'm overall, overall positive about it. The negative, I'll, there's two negatives I'll say. Um, one is that Strix sticks his foot out, he saves that. I've watched that goal about 40 times now. And if he sticks his foot out, he saves it. Anyway, that's end of story. I'm just going to leave it there because I know a lot of people disagree with me because I said this last night. Um, the other thing is, Kane Vincent Young will not be a right back while he's got a hole in his backside. He is a brilliant winger. And he he reminds me very much of a lower league Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale, they realised he couldn't play in, in defence, so they put him on the wing. Put him on the wing, put Grimm behind him or someone like that. That might work. But, saying that, um, I thought, <laughs> regards to the atmosphere, there was an audible groan when the 10 minutes went up. But it seemed to galvanise at least the terrace, because they, they, the noise went up. And I thought, from that, I mean, it had been good all game. But then always went up in that in that ten minute period, and the, the guys needed it to get them through. Um, it it bled through to the family uh, stand, and it bled up to the uh, Frank Adams. And yeah, like like a lot of people have said, I've, I haven't heard an atmosphere like that for a league game for quite a long time. And it was exactly what the players needed to get them through it, and we we're all happy at the end. And the difference that actually channeling that passion into galvanizing and getting behind the lads rather than using it to rant on Twitter about all the negatives and rant on social media. That's the difference. Yeah. It re- you know, you, you look at, it will have made a difference to the lads last night, a hundred percent. And that is the difference between sitting there booing and kicking off and saying, they're not doing this and not doing that. Just get look behind at you, the lads. Look at your phone. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like Dan, I saw on Twitter some negatives uh, about the eighteen eighty seven, saying, "Oh, you know, it was the whole ground; it wasn't them." But I have to say, the the flags going before the game, the noise before the game, the noise has to come from somewhere. And I know you couldn't make it last night because you live a million miles away, but the guys that were there last night really got it going early, um, and and that really grew the atmosphere. As you know, I wasn't. I wasn't nervous about the 1887, but I just thought that there was going to be an awful lot of negativity about it, and I couldn't have been more wrong. The guys last night were absolutely brilliant, and and like I said before the call in the um, it, in the group chat, um, my little one was absolutely buzzing when he walked away. He said he'd never seen an atmosphere like that at Wickham, um, and he goes to all the home games, and he goes to a, a very big chunk of the away games, um, and he was still at quarter past twelve doing chair boys barmy army in bed which um, <laughs> much to his mother's disgust <laughs> yeah it was really it, it was really good so fair play no I, I i wouldn't put it down to the 1887 because it was absolutely every single person in the ground uh last night that made the difference um I've i just, will I, I think i will i will sorry dan um i will disagree with you um, I, I, it is the eighteen eighty seven, and that is a good thing. I think a lot of people are seeming to think that the eighteen eighty seven is this exclusive, you know, members only fan club that you know wants to take credit for everything. But ultimately, the eighteen eighty seven group and the people that are driving it do deserve the credit. And you know, 
if if this means that what it's going to do, I'd rather it not be driven by, you know, toxicity. And I hope that's something that everyone works out of their system. Mm. But if people in the Frank Adams go, ah, oh, the terrorists, they're really, you know, they're really bouncing. And, you know, we, we need to kind of get that energy as well. If they're looking at the 1887 and going, well, we want to be part of the 1887. But what they're doing is going to almost kind of shock us and galvanize us into upping our game and the same for you know presonus or whatever it's called these days you know if that if it galvanizes the whole stadium through that initial kind of oh well look what they're doing well we better improve ourselves all the better 100 percent. that was exactly what happened last night it was at the start of the game right the way through to the end of the game it didn't stop there wasn't a stop when we conceded goals there wasn't a stop or a massive groan when we gave the ball away like Damien said the only real audible groan was when 10 bloody minutes went up nine of which were Richie Wellings behaving like a <laughs> punch and Judy puppet on the touchline um you know I, I I have so much respect for those guys last night because the atmosphere was absolutely outstanding and yes it was everybody in the stadium but it very much fed from the guys behind the goal um and everybody was, was really positive it was it's it's everyone behind the goal I mean the fact is you know yeah. Paul um who's playing the drum he had an absolute blazing night you know fantastic absolutely fantastic for him you know I, I think is is it really really important to reiterate that the 1887 is merely a conduit for all fans to set you know to get behind the lads more so you know through the donations of uh for money for flags we're bringing flags to the ground that's great there's more stuff that we want to do with the family stand we want to bring the kids into it more and get the kids support and 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 you know if it kind of everyone's got the same common goal regardless of you know whether they're getting involved with suggesting ideas for the 1887 or not the whole point of it is it is a place for sharing ideas so that every single person can get behind the team. And that's why it's important to recognise. So, you know, I, I really want to reiterate that last night is is absolutely 100% down to everyone because we're all having that same conversation that we want the atmosphere to do better and everyone got behind that last night. If we can bring that into Saturday and weeks going forward, then absolutely fantastic. But, you know, for... For those that obviously may be a bit unsure about what the 1887 is about, share your ideas with us. How do you feel that things can can improve? We're acting as a platform to help everyone understand. You know, let let's let's see what we can do and and do better. It, it's a complete learning curve for you know for all fans. Uh, we're we're all here achieving the same common goal. Couple more quick things to mention about last night's result. Obviously, you know, super happy that we've got the points on the board. Uh, a couple of you know little things. Uh, you know, Taffer picking up an injury again, coming off, um, and no Farino. What do we make of that? I like Matt's comments afterwards on Farino. Actually, um, he I think shut it down, didn't he? Yeah, I think he he dealt with that really, really well. I don't think that there is anything to uh, to take from it. I think they they're managing his game time. He wasn't his usual self on Saturday. And I don't know if that's the Tuesday, Saturday bug when you've not had a massive preseason. Um, I think he's going to play a big part for us this year. And, you know, we've said all we need to say on the transfer saga. If it happens, it happens. Good luck to him. And, you know, thank you very much for the money. But I don't think last night was anything to do with anything other than a young centre-back still in his junior years um, having played probably too much football off the back of not enough preseason, um, and I think Matt dealt with that really well. You know, we're reading between the lines here, and we don't know the full situation, so we don't know we don't know the ins and outs of it. People can only speculate, but um, I think Chris Farino took a kick to the face on the Tuesday night, and Chris Farino also had a really tough game on Saturday, so. I wouldn't look too deep into it. I think Joe Lowe deserved to start to try him out and he stepped up to the plate and was, you know, did a great job. 100%. 100%. Yep. We now look ahead to this weekend and the visit of Burton Albion. Dino Mamria's side once again off to a slow start this season, come to Adams Park in search of their first win of the season. This fixture... It hates a draw. The two sides have played each other 21 times since 1955, only sharing points on one occasion 39 years ago. Do you remember that one, Damo? I get it, I'm old. 
I mean, we've already mentioned it a bunch of times on the podcast. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, anyone expecting this side to gel immediately, you know, we need to try and shift those expectations, reset them, bring them to reality a little bit. Having said that, though, guys, um, what are you expecting to see on Saturday following our first three league games in that cup win at MK? I'm expecting to see more building on what happened uh, last night. Uh, as, as, as the guys have said... There was things starting to click last night, and I, I, can't, I can't see that going backwards. It's, it's only going to get better as, as the season goes on, and I'm actually more positive than I was going into last Saturday's game, simply because of last night. But yeah, I just think I just think they'll get more and more used to each other, and I think it's going to go in the right direction. And I, I, thought, I actually spoke to Joe, uh, Trey, um, Jack Grimmer last night on the way out, and I said it's coming. He said, "Yeah, we know it is." As we've spoken about, you know, those those combinations, they do, you hear them talking about combinations in rugby an awful lot. And, and there's a reason for that. And that's when you want to play in the right part of the pitch, it's very, very important to have combinations with other people around you. And the only way that you you gain territory and you play more football in the opposition's half is by having those combinations. And the only way those combinations come about is by knowing the people that you're playing with. So... You've hit the nail on the head there, Damon. I think we'll see more and more of that. I'm really excited about some of the new signings. Killian Phillips looks an absolute find, as we've touched on. Leahy, I love scouring in the eight. I think Freddie Potts has got a lot to offer. It doesn't sound like we're going to see it on Saturday, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Tafazoli, Farino and Joe Lowe at the back at some point because I just think that, that that height gives us a threat at both ends. Burton lost Jamal Blackman yesterday early to an injury. So he, um, I wouldn't think, is going to be coming back, which is a shame. Um, Best wishes to him. Hopefully he returns quickly. I think, look, they've had a bad start, as they often do. When you look through their squad, I don't think their squad's as bad as the the early results suggest. Mustafa Karayel, I don't know how old he is now, but he's got to be at least 100. Um, he's got very, very experienced. He's played for Ipswich, Brighton, Middlesbrough, Huddersfield, and God knows who else. Rakeem Harper, um, he was at West Brom. He's still young, 23. I really like him, um, and I'm surprised that he's been picked up by a side um, in sort of the lower reaches of League One. I thought he could um, he could at least get a move to a bigger League One side or a lower championship side. I didn't realise, but if Simon Mason... Um, Mason Bennett as well from Millwall. That's a cracking signing. Mm-hmm. Um, scored yesterday as well. So I think you look at them and it, it's very, very easy to say, yeah, we should beat them 3 or 4-0 like Wickham fans love to do. But actually, if they come together, they've got quite a good team going forward potentially. So, you know, we're going to have to be careful. But yeah, I'm confident that I, I think we played them first game of the season last year, didn't we? We played them early on anyway. Um, and we, won 3-0, yeah. I think. So, yeah. you know, it, it would be nice to get a confidence-boosting win. I would love um, to keep a clean sheet just for Max's confidence more than anything else. I'm expecting just to see it. it, it it's got a little bit better every game, let's be honest. You know, the first game um, was inexcusably bad. <laughs> the second game, we were really good for 60 minutes and then went off the boil. We looked a little bit better yesterday. I think all we can ask for is that um, that those combinations that we've spoken about just develop a little bit more, and another three points puts us in uh, in good stead to uh, to go down to Bristol Rovers next week and give them a good game. They'll be seeing us as a team that they can actually come and challenge our ground. Um, but just um, almost a little sort of side point: we've stolen one of the guys who scored against us at their ground, so uh, let's see if you can do it back to them. With Burton, I think they're start to the season probably mirrors ours you know Dino Mamria came in I think it was midway through last season after a few changes um he um obviously had a great end to the season which was fantastic but they had a lot of players leave they had a lot of players on loan I believe um and obviously they've come into this season they've made quite a few signings and they need time to gel um they've obviously taken I don't you know they're still looking for their their first result so you know they'll be gunning for it on Saturday I think a bit like what Leighton Orient were on Tuesday night um so it's not going to be easy by any means but I think it's one of those that we we should 
hopefully build on and should win we're at home there's no reason why we can't replicate what we did last night just hopefully without conceding a couple of goals I have an overwhelming feeling of deja vu and the reason why I say that is because I want to cast you back to last season and Blooms has just come in the the 2-0 defeat starting off at Shrewsbury, drawing one all uh, ex, uh, at home against Exeter. Then we beat Fleetwood 2-0 uh, you know, for, for Blooms' first win. That, was, that really kind of started the Tuesday-Saturday thing that we're currently in the midst of. The reason why I bring yeah. this up is because the next game, uh, the, the game following that Fleetwood win that I remember speaking to you guys about, and we were, all, you know, we were all absolutely fantastic, and we were having a very similar conversation to what we've been having here. Excellent signs, new change in philosophy. We're building up. Uh, well, we go and play Burton the next game, and expecting that win, they beat us two one. Weirdly, our game after that was when we went to Bristol Rovers and beat them. So some eerie kind of history repeating itself at the moment. With that in mind, it seems to me like it's a really good time to end this bloody Saturday duck, don't you? Burton away last season actually mirrored last night in a way, and it demonstrated a bit of growth because they, well, Leighton Orient obviously didn't go ahead last night, but they had one sent off uh, like Burton did but we didn't capitalize on that Burton away game I think we were kind of already put to bed and that was TJ DeBar's first goal um last night you know we were at 1-1 when they obviously had one sent off and we went and capitalized on that I think partly it was in benefit that Leighton Orient didn't st- stick all their men behind the ball and we actually you know actually tried to play a bit of football because uh, we, we managed to exploit the space a bit more um but um, you know, you you would hope that there's a bit of growth, especially from from in terms of the core players, because a lot of the core players were playing that game, um, and hopefully, as you say, Dale Taylor will score as well. I'm quite hopeful, um, but it's a Saturday, so you know we've, we've got to keep our minds open, haven't we? Yeah, this Saturday thing is becoming a thing, isn't it? Um, we tongue in cheek touched on it many times at the end of last season. And um, I think we need to get that first result on a Saturday as quickly as possible because until we get that, the the unreasonable and uh, daft social media overreaction is going to continue. I think, as you've said, there are a, a lot of really eerie likenesses to the end of last season. We're not going to be helped by the fact that Burton are still looking for their result, uh, for their first result. We're not going to be helped by the fact that... Uh, that Taft seems to have another knock. Killian Phillips was limping last night when he left. I don't know whether he just stiffened up or whether he's got a little knock as well. So, you know, it it looks like we're going to have to make changes again. Uh, But at the same time, I saw enough last night from boys, from Leahy, from Lowe, from Grimmer, from Taylor, to be able to, to go into Saturday with some confidence. I would love to see TJ given some minutes on Saturday. Uh, because I just think that his pace, his strength gets us further up the field. And I think, you know, he came on against Cardiff and caused a bit of uh, a bit of a nuisance and came the closest to scoring. And we've not really seen him since. So I'd love to see TJ get some minutes. And, um, yeah, I'm relatively, relatively confident that we can get away with a, with a result. So let's wrap this up then. You know, let's end this Saturday curse. What are we going prediction-wise? 3-0. super positive I think um, Dale Taylor to score against his old team and to kiss the badge in front of the away end (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm going to go for a uh, for a sneaky Luke Luke Leahy set piece as well I think and um, yeah yeah 3-0 Luke Leahy Dale Taylor with a couple and um, and yeah we'll all We'll all be very, very happy when we're talking this time next week. I'm not going to go as positive as that, but I'm going to go positive um, because we're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. I'm going to go for the same score as last night, 3-2 to us. I'm going to go 2-1. I think it'll be tight, but I think um, I think we'll get a couple of goals that'll do us good. And I think we'll do it in true Wickham style that we'll go 2-0 ahead, we'll get all comfortable, and then they'll score in the 84th minute and we'll think, <laughs> oh God. And then there'll be 15 minutes added time. I was about to say, there'll be 11 <laughs> minutes injury time, yeah. And everyone will cry. 
I I don't want to go the same as you, but that is that. I mean, you've got it down to a T. I mean, Hollywood script writers, you don't need them. I mean, they're all on strike at the moment anyway. But two one, that's that's a solid pick. I'm going to go uh, for a really squeaky one nil win. I think it will be ultimately comfortable. Um, I'm I'm picking. I, I think uh, it'd be nice to see uh, Del Taylor get the goal, but I, I don't know. I, I think it will probably come from. Uh, I'd love to see a Leahy set piece, um, but I'm Same. not really sure. Not sure who to go with, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be tight. I think we're all still trying to work each other out. Burton are absolutely still doing the same themselves. Um, long way to go in the season, but I think we can really build on what we saw on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, a couple more points closer to the automatics. Who knows? And that will do it for this week. Thanks for joining for another episode of the Heroes of HP12. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify. And if you're loving the podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC, Dan at Dan Clark PR, and Damien at Damo1507. We'll be back next week for more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on you blues. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.